friends. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Smarrow. Thank you for joining me today for a conversation about self-confidence and the liberation that comes with it. A lot of clients reach out to me wanting to increase their self-confidence so that they feel better in their lives, going after their goals, speaking their truth in relationships, or just feeling more comfortable in their decision-making. So in this episode, I really wanna explore self-confidence with you. So let's start with the basics. Self-confidence is a feeling, and as my clients and regular listeners know, feelings come from our thoughts. So what kinds of thoughts support self-confidence? I imagine there are several, so go ahead and do a brainstorm on what kinds of thoughts fuel self-confidence for you, and then honestly, send me a message. I'd love to start to compile a list of what works for everyone, because as you know, our thoughts create our feelings, but we have to find those activating thoughts. We have to try on several thoughts to see what actually generates the feeling that we're going for. But for today's conversation, I want to discuss three primary thoughts, three kind of main buckets, and there might be a variety of versions of these, but these sort of three categories of thoughts that help fuel self-confidence. And the first one is this thought, I don't know how to do everything, but I trust that I can figure it out. A few years ago, I was sharing with a girlfriend that I'd had, I think I'd been asked to take a job or somebody had presented an opportunity for to me. And I remember sharing with her that I didn't think I had the skill set for it. And without missing a beat, she just said, girl, say yes, and then YouTube it. <laughs> so she's like look, you can YouTube anything, like say yes, just know you'll figure it out and go for it. And really in today's world, there is no lack of information on the interwebs and there's no shortage of tutorial videos on YouTube. And when my friend made that comment, it made me think about being a single homeowner in a hundred year old home. So I was in my probably early thirties at the time. And I don't know, maybe I had no business owning an old home like that, but I did. And I was committed to making it work. And the refrigerator I had at the time may have been the original one with the house. Okay, that might be a stretch, but I really think that refrigerator was probably a minimum 20 years old. And and I re- there was a time where there started to be some issues with the freezer. And it seemed like about every six weeks or so, I mean, it was fairly frequent, the freezer would start to leak like down into the refrigerator part because this was this is old school. So this is not a bottom shelf freezer. This is the top shelf freezer. Um, and so some of you listening might be thinking like, if this was happening every six weeks, why didn't you just buy a new fridge? And there are probably several reasons and excuses, but I'll save that for another podcast episode. But as it relates to self-confidence, I would use things like this aged fridge as an opportunity to tell myself that I can't possibly, like, I can't life on my own, right? Like I would, I had this sort of defeatist mindset that like, there's no possible way I can be independent. I can't be a homeowner because I can't fix this freezer. And, and you know, it would feel all of these thoughts like this is a big, scary world and I just can't do it on my own. And all of those thoughts felt terrible and completely depleting to my self-confidence. But one day I thought, 
I can absolutely figure this out. And this was several years before the friend told me about, you know, just YouTube it, but I apparently was channeling her from the future. Um, I was, I was, I just determined, like, I'm not going to call my dad. I'm not calling the neighbor. I'm not calling a service repair person. I don't know how to do this yet. I don't know how to do this, but I can figure it out. So I YouTubed it <laughs> and I equipped myself with my phone, with the YouTube video. I had a few hand, a few hand tools uh, and a step stool because I'm five feet tall and I had to get to that freezer and I got to work. And I don't remember how many hours this took or how many attempts it took. I know that it was dark and late by the time I was finished, but you guys, I fixed that damn freezer all by myself. Well, me and, and YouTube. And I remember, like, I literally can picture my still self standing in my little tiny kitchen next to that white freezer, like arms in the air doing the like rocky punch. Like, and I don't remember all the things that I was thinking at that time, but I imagine thoughts like I'm the queen of the world. Like there's nothing that I cannot do. I was on top of that self-confidence mountain. And here's the thing, like having self-confidence is such a liberating experience because then we don't have to stay stuck in situations that don't serve us. We don't have to give up on our dreams of maybe being a single homeowner in a super old home, for example. We have the freedom to do whatever the heck we want because we know that we don't have to know everything. We just have to trust that we can figure it out. That fuels self-confidence. And then the other thought that I've talked a little bit about before on here is this thought, I can handle any emotion, right? Or there's no feeling or emotion that I am unwilling to feel. That fuels self-confidence. Because remember this, an emotion is just a vibration in our bodies. And this awareness is a breeding ground for self-confidence. Because our brains can start offering us all kinds of terrible things that will happen when we put ourselves out there, for example. If we publicly announce that we're leaving our job to pursue our dream career, or an artist shares his or her inner work with the outer world, we freak out and we hold back out of fear of judgment and rejection. And what would happen if someone judges us or rejects us? We would feel judged or we would feel rejected. And what are those? They're vibrations in our body. So the worst thing that can happen is a vibration in our body. And once we acknowledge that we can handle any emotion and we put that into practice, we're so much more comfortable and confident with going after the life we want. And the third thought is one I'm gonna kind of dive into um, a little more in depth today. The third thought is, I know I'm not perfect, but I love and accept myself regardless of my perceived imperfections. That's kind of a mouthful. We're basically saying, I know I'm not perfect and I'm going to choose to love myself anyway. Even if I perceive something's wrong with me, if somebody says something that makes me think there's something wrong with me or I've done something wrong or I'm not good enough... I can just agree ahead of time. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm going to love and accept myself regardless. So this one's a little juicy. So we're going to unpack it a little bit. So Because often we lack self-confidence because we think if we go after something and we miss the mark, then that means there's something wrong with us. 
If we display our art at the local farmer's market and somebody makes a negative comment, the low self-confidence brain is going to run wild. There's going to be all these thoughts like, they hate my art, there's something wrong with it, it's terrible. And then of course this means that they hate me, there's something wrong with me, and I'm terrible. And look, there is a huge difference between the thought I did something wrong or bad versus the thought I am wrong or bad. So when we tether our self-worth and our self-value to how we perform in the world or how we, our level of achievement in the world or the feedback from other people, we find ourselves in a very disempowered place. But imagine, just imagine that you get to love yourself even if and even when you fall short. Imagine the self-confidence you might feel. For many people, self-confidence it feels like this massive mountain to climb. But that's because we think that we have to fix all of these things about ourselves in order to have self-confidence, right? We need to be better with money. We have to drink less. We have to work out more. We need to be more decisive at work. We need to speak our mind confidently with our spouse, right? Versus I get to be imperfect and still know I'm good enough, right? I get to be imperfect and I can still love myself. So to help grow self-confidence, I want to talk about what Rachel Hart calls the the mirror effect. So to actually grow self-confidence, we have to start by looking inward. We have to explore what the thoughts are that are creating our doubt, our fear, our insecurities. And a method of taking that to the next level is noticing how we turn our attention outward. How do we start judging other people? If we lack confidence in our money management skills, for example, we might find ourselves judging our friends who are in credit card debt or our spouse who didn't pay a bill in time and we had to pay a late fee. (laughs) I'm not saying that's ever happened here. Um, We start hearing our brain offer the critical, that voice that you hear, You you know you're in trouble when you start hearing that at least, right? At least I'm not that bad. At least I don't do that, right? So, And that's where it gets tricky. That's where we start to see we're comparing ourselves to others to alleviate some of our own self-judgment. Like at least I don't, I may use my credit card, but at least I'm not that far in debt, right? So notice in your life, do I struggle accepting other people? Where do I struggle loving other people? Where do I struggle judging other people? Because here's the thing, we tend to judge others in areas where we are particularly vulnerable to shame, right? So maybe you judge someone for their work ethic because you're having thoughts about your own work ethic. You might find yourself judging friends or colleagues for taking too much time off of work because you're struggling with your own issues around work-life balance, Or you judge an acquaintance for leaving her marriage because you feel stuck in your own unhappy marriage, right? So we tend to really focus on and judge other people in those areas that are particularly vulnerable to shame for ourselves. And when we focus and judge others, then we get this temporary diversion from our own pain. But it is just that, a temporary diversion. And also, it's a huge missed opportunity for growth, Right, because I'm as I just shared. If 
if we're judging somebody else in an area that we have our own vulnerability and shame around, that's just an, it's just a communication device. It's just showing us there's something that I can grow. There's something I can heal, right? So when you find yourself jammed up about a specific person, a group of people, a belief system, start asking yourself questions. Why? Why is a great question, right? When you start finding yourself judging uh, or getting critical of someone else or some other group of people, ask yourself why. Why do they bother me? Why is this a problem? What does it mean about me? Why do I care, right? Why do I see their behaviors or their character traits as a problem? How do I see their behaviors or character traits in myself, I was recently coaching a woman who was experiencing a lot of distress because she she thought her significant other was like not doing a great job of setting boundaries with his mother. So her mother-in-law, um, she, you know, she was saying that he has terrible boundaries around allowing her to make decisions about their life, their finances, their relationship, how they raise their kids, and that there were boundary issues around her coming over unannounced, and he wasn't doing his job to set those boundaries. And she was then getting caught up, though, in this frustration and guilt loop. Like she was frustrated with her significant other for not setting her definition of boundaries. And then she was feeling guilty for judging her significant other. But we just we got curious, right? We just said, okay, we're going to set down all the judgment and and we're just going to set that aside and just let's get really curious and explore these judgments. And in doing that, she was able to use the process to her benefit. She was able to use the process to bring up some stuff that was just sort of unconscious down there, right? It's something that was in there that needed to come up for healing and clarifying. And so by diving into the questions of why, why is this a problem? What does this mean about me? She was able to see the fear behind the boundaries issues. That was what, like she was afraid that he would eventually choose his mother over her. Right. And behind the guilt of the judgment was an insecurity in the relationship. Like she feared that if she shared her thoughts and feelings, like her real thoughts and feelings, she was afraid he would leave her. Right. So she was unable to unearth these sources of fear and insecurity that were getting in the way of her self-confidence in relationships. And so it's easy to get caught up in the beliefs that it would be so much easier and better if the people in our lives would just change, right? I mean, how many, we, we tend to overestimate the ease with which other people can change. Just, hey, I just need you to do this differently, right? But think about how hard it is for us to make small changes like getting up 10 minutes earlier instead of hitting your snooze four times, right? So we get caught up in this idea that it would just be a lot easier if someone else could change and then I could feel better. But that's such an emotional prison, right? Like you just like you're just emotionally imprisoned when you need for other people to do, be and act differently so that you can feel a certain way. And think about this. How liberating is it to have the confidence to keep loving yourself even if somebody does reject you, even if a relationship does end? Even if somebody does judge you, because newsflash, people are going to judge you. They already are. They're doing it right now. People are talking. People are listening to this podcast judging me. And that's okay, right? Like, even if there is a perceived imperfection, I can still choose to love myself, right? And here's the thing that's really interesting 
that when you grow your self-confidence and you choose to love yourself regardless of your flaws, think about how that will improve your relationships. When you feel confident in yourself, you get to really love yourself. And not because you're better than anyone else. Like, no, it's actually quite the opposite. You get to love all of you because you love all of everyone else. The skill of choosing to love ourselves despite these perceived imperfections (laughs) is bidirectional, right? It works both ways when we exercise that muscle of truly it's unconditional love, right? That, That applies to ourselves and those around us. It goes both ways. And so when you feel confident in yourself, you have very little interest in judging and criticizing others or defending yourself against others. When you're confident in you, you can allow other people to be exactly who they are and you get to be exactly who you are. You don't need them to be any different so that you can feel good about yourself. So imagine how you would show up differently with your friends, with your family, your coworkers, if you were living from that place of self-confidence, knowing that if you or anyone else perceives something wrong with you, you still get to choose love. This makes me think of a recent conversation I was having with some friends over dinner, or we had some friends over for dinner, and um, we were talking about religion. We're talking about religion and spiritual practices, and I would describe our spiritual beliefs and practices as adjacent, but but not perhaps aligned. Or I might think like, hey, we're pretty much similar, but, but maybe the other people might not share that same perception. Uh, and some of you might be thinking like, hold on, like, don't you know the rule? It's impolite to discuss religion and polis- politics. Um, but to that, I say only when we aren't practicing self-confidence. It only becomes threatening when my self-value or self-love is tangled up in whether or not someone else agrees with something that's important to me. Excuse me. But because I practice the thought, I can handle any emotion, and I also practice this thought of, I know I'm not perfect, but I love and accept myself regardless of my perceived imperfection, then we were able to have this really curious, loving, and respectful dialogue about our religious slash spiritual practices, right? So in an effort to develop your self-confidence, I invite you to get curious, I want you to notice what areas of your life you judge people harshly, right? Or you find yourself getting self-righteous, right? You need to demonstrate how they're wrong and you're right. Pay attention to then exactly what your judgment is of that person or that group. Then get really curious. And now I'm pausing here because I want you to pay attention. Get curious, not judgmental right? You want to be compassionate with yourself so that you can be honest with yourself. Just get really curious to see how your judgment of them is a reflection of your own judgment or your own fears about yourself, right? So step outside of self-righteousness to see what might be reflecting back to you, right? How might your thoughts that they're irresponsible or lazy or self-absorbed, unintelligent, unskilled, whatever, right? How might those thoughts be reflective of you? And then we're going to go a little bit deeper. And I want you to think, what would you need to think in order to love this part of you right now without changing it? 
what would you need to think of yourself even if you're consistently 10 minutes late to work? (laughs) What would you need to think about yourself even if you don't consistently speak to your children the way that you'd like to? Right, and then we're gonna take it to the next level. Then you're gonna ask yourself, if I could do that, how would that love extend to people that I'm currently judging, right? If I could do that for myself, if I could think thoughts that would allow me to love that part of me right now, then how would that love extend to the people that I'm judging right now, right? If you could feel confident about your parenting skills, maybe you wouldn't judge your sister and every other person at the PTA meeting, right? And how they parent. Or if you were confident in your work ethic, you wouldn't judge others for what time they show up or how much time they take off. When judgment of others come up, we can use that as an opportunity to see where our own self-love and our own self-confidence is lacking. And I used to have this poster in my office and it said, if you've come to, if, or what did it say? If you've come to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you've come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. And I love the reminder of our interconnected nature. nature. Our liberation is bound up together. And it's absolutely fascinating to me because our lack of self-confidence so often comes from the fear of what others will think. Fear of rejection from others, fear of judgment from others, which leads to defensiveness. And then we often go on the offensive, right? And there's this vicious cycle of judging and being judged. And the thing is that what most people really want is acceptance and belonging. And so with this mirror effect, we can use our interwoven nature to our advantage, Right? So I want you to go out and try on these beliefs that grow self-confidence. And I'll review those three here. The first one I talked about was, I don't know how to do everything, but I trust that I can figure it out. The second one was, I can handle any emotion. And the third is, I know I'm not perfect, but I love and accept myself regardless of my perceived imperfections. So if you guys want a partner, a coach, or some support in growing your self-confidence, go to jessicasmorrow.com to schedule an appointment. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.